Tech Talk Travel and the Expedia Group are coming together to create highly curated content consisting of articles, videos, infographics and podcasts that are designed for and in support of overall revenue performance for independent hotels. We hope you find this conversation informative, so let's get into it. Hi, everybody, and welcome to our second podcast recording for the co-collaboration piece between Expedia Group and Tech Talk Travel, discussing the principles of revenue management, and in particular, for this particular topic, we're discussing demand monitoring. And before we get stuck into the conversation, I'd like to introduce those who are joining us in this conversation. And we're starting with Monica Zereb. Uh, Monica is the Chief Revenue Officer at Lowe's Hotels, based out of the United States. And Monica, it's uh, lovely to have you joining us here for this conversation. Thank you so much for, for being here. Thank you, Andre. It's great to be with you and Chris and, and Vikram. And also we have Vikram Singh. Vikram Singh is a Digital Marketing and Revenue Optimization Specialist and a Revenue Manager, I would say, guru. He's um, written the article again for, for this particular topic uh, in support of demand monitoring, which we're discussing today. Vikram, it's great to have you joining us again for, the, for this podcast session. Good to be back and uh, we have a, a bigger team for the podcast. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Indeed. Yes, it's great to have Monica joining us, bringing a, ho- a hotel operator's perspective to the discussion. Indeed. And last but not least, we have uh, Chris Benevitz. Chris is Senior Manager for Revenue Performance Solutions at Expedia Group. Chris and I have been working closely on this project and obviously on the first release. So it's lovely to have Chris joining us again. Chris, great to have you here. How are you? I'm doing great and great to be back. Uh, really excited for this conversation with this uh, great group we have here today. Fantastic. Okay, guys, so let's get started. Um, You know, when it comes to demand monitoring, it is relatively, uh, I'm sure you would all agree, quite critical when optimizing hotel revenues, primarily because it anticipates future business performances, also identifies anomalies that might be using data points that deviate from the average performance in order to maximize a hotel's results. Valuable insights that hotel managers collect from forecasting help form the foundation for strategic decision-making to enhance revenue, hotel revenue performance. Given hotels, hotel rooms are a perishable commodity, forecasting is fundamental to maximizing hotel occupancy rates. And using data to predict future guest demand over a defined period, hotels can manage their inventory a lot more effectively. And data is um, a a topic that is being discussed more and more in today's climate, and we will be covering it in this conversation. But before we get to that point, I'd like to perhaps just start on the initial question on the importance of demand monitoring. And uh, I'd like to address the first, this first question to Monica. Uh, Monica, as a hotelier and someone that uh, is potentially facing these types of uh, situations and decisions on a daily basis, could you perhaps, from your perspective, give us what you feel is the importance of demand monitoring for hotels? Sure, Andre. So um, for us at Lowe's, um, demand monitoring is just critical and at the forefront, really, of what we do in revenue management. Um, Demand forecasting is basically the number one responsibility of revenue management. And uh, we it's our responsibility to look at all the data, monitor the data, see what's changing, adapt and um, and deploy strategies depending on how the demand is changing. Is it going up? Is it going down? And of course, our um, the rest of the hotels, the rest of the hotel staff, really relies on revenue management to do um, the forecast which in turn kind of drives everything else that's happening at the hotel, right? Whether it's um, the labor model of who we're scheduling um, at the front desk, whether it's the forecast of um, the restaurant that's dependent very much on, um, on how many rooms are occupied. We have finance that's depending on um, uh, kind of a revenue forecast of 
what money's coming in, right? So we can make sure that whatever we're spending and the money that's coming in kind of um, balances out. So um, for us, this is again, the kind of um, the holy grail, so to speak, of uh, basis of everything that we do. Vikram, in your article, you wrote about forecasting methods and uh, Monica just explained the importance of, of uh, the forecasting element. But would you like to perhaps just cover for us the methods that are used to demand, for demand forecasting and, and uh, again, the importance of those and why it should be applied? One of the, one of the main you know, things here with demand forecasting is opening it up uh, to hotels of all sizes and you know that is one of uh, you know that is one of the main one of the main things that I that I write about is that you know this is not something exclusive to larger properties, bigger teams. You could start doing that uh, right away. So that you know that has kind of been our, our goal. Um, and then also you know the two uh, the qualitative and the quantitative method that I that I brought up in uh, in in my demand forecasting basics was there are two really core ways of getting gathering information. Uh, and one of them revolves just around market insights, going out there, talking to people, doing your research, staying in touch with competitors. A lot of reporting is not an option for smaller properties. They have to really rely on this more than anything else. And then the, the quantitative method is where you're actually looking at data coming from sources that you're already paying for, for example, your property management system, uh, your activity in, uh, in in your OTA dashboard that you're doing with Expedia, for example. And then, of course, if you're using Google Analytics on your site, there's a ton of insight that is there. So combining these two methods is the first step into going about uh, and, and doing demand forecasting. And Chris, can I get you perhaps also to give us your perspective in terms of uh, a, the importance of demand forecasting and, and certain methods as, as well uh, in, in support of what Vikram was just saying. Absolutely. And I, I think just to echo what Monica and Vikram have said is, um, you know, when we think about demand monitoring and uh, how you use that to influence your forecast, um, it's, it's critically important, right? It, it touches across um, your business operations, how you generate revenue, um, and how you optimize your profits, control your costs, all of those types of things. So absolutely crucial, um, I think, for, for any lodging property. Um, and to just build off of that, you know, um, small property to large property there, um, there's obviously, you know, uh, certain things um, and maybe a simpler approach uh, or a more efficient approach um, that smaller organizations will need to take. But I think... Um, you know, having those methods in place uh, to monitor demand and build forecasts is um, is critical for everyone. And and I think when I think of those two methods, qualitative and quantitative, um, there's some great stuff out there uh, that really anyone can tap into, right? And, and from a qualitative standpoint, that could be traveler sentiment studies conducted by research firms or local tourism organizations or travel agencies. Um, there's things you can do at the property level to uh, you know, just, just get some of that feedback directly from your guests. Um, and then there's a lot of opinions uh, in the industry as well. And I think a good example of that is, is all of us on this podcast today, um, uh, you know, that can bring different perspectives and, and kind of give some insight about um, where the industry and, and where markets are heading. And then I think just to add to the quantitative um, approach there, there's a lot of data out there. Uh, there's more and more data, it seems, becoming available, which is great. Um, but the downside of that or the challenge is that it can often be hard to, uh, to make sense of it all and, and find an efficient approach to, uh, to look at it and you know, make sense of it and, and build decisions based off of that. So I think the, the key, at least in the start, is to focus on um, some of the key sources of data. And, and that can be a combination of your, your own data from your property management system, data you can gather from your competitive sets, uh, data you can gather at market levels um, and really seeking out the different sources of data that you have there and um, you know, putting together a, a plan to, uh, to make, make some action based on that. What, in your opinion, Monica, do you believe is the right approach for hotels when it comes to demand forecasting? And, and what are some of the supporting tools that can be used? And 
As you answer that, I'd like you to perhaps keep in mind that some hotels, mm. this might be for standalone properties and it might also be for a smaller group of properties or even a larger group of properties. And does the is there one style or system that fits everybody or does it adjust or and is there a difference between uh, property requirements and size? I think um, I think you can you can make the forecast very complicated or you can make it very simple, right? So I think each hotel um, or hotel group may have um, a different need based on maybe the customer segment base of their hotel um, or maybe even some of the requirements from their own, um, teams, whether it's the general manager or the director of finance or, or anyone else. Um, I, I think the basics of, of, uh, of any forecast and in turn the demand monitoring that drives the forecast is always to start with what's on the books, right? So looking at what's on the books and then you can start monitoring how things are changing, right? So how, what kind of room night pickup do you have every single day? What does it look like on a week over week level? Um, if you have comparisons to previous years that are relevant, um, you can look at your uh, demand to say, hey, is it better or worse? Are things changing because I'm going into a different season? Um, so I think some of those basics, every hotel should have access to, right? Rooms on the books, what's the average rate? Um, if you do uh, transient and group uh, customer segment mix, it's important uh, to track those because they tend to behave very differently and they could have um, revenue impact on other parts of the hotel revenue forecast, right? Maybe like F and B or, or banquets, but a forecast does not really need to be that complicated. <laughs> Honestly, we overcomplicate the forecast because we forecast by market segment. Um, we forecast uh, obviously sometimes by room type. Um, so, I'm, I'm a believer that uh, actually the more simple your forecast is, the more likely it's, it's going to, uh, to be accurate. Because if you're forecasting 25 different data points versus three, the likelihood of you being accurate is a lot higher yeah. um, with, a, with, with, a, with a smaller number. Um, but you know, from a tool standpoint, again, I don't think you need anything really sophisticated. Um, you know, in my opinion, Excel works just great, right? If there's a way that you can download um, kind of data, whether it's on the books or pick up data, extract that data from your PMS and uh, right into Excel, then that kind of allows um, the revenue manager to build in some trending, um, build in some averages, um, kind of even, you know, just create graphs if you want to explain to somebody else kind of uh, what's going on. So, um, you know, it does not really have to be that complicated. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the more you do it, the more consistent your data is, right? So if you're not around for two weeks because you're on holiday, you should probably make sure that somebody is still collecting that data for you so you don't kind of miss out or have uh, gaps in in your data that's going to enable a, a good forecast mm. two questions from what you were just saying there. the first one yeah. is um how frequently in your opinion should hotels be doing this is this is this a daily task is it even broken down into a, a, a an hourly task is it a weekly task when what, what's the type of um time frame yeah, I think that, again, it depends on the complexity of your hotel, right? So if you have, I worked in my consulting days with hotels, very small hotels that had 10 rooms. So they probably didn't need uh, to kind of overcomplicate the data. They could look at their data every couple of days, what's getting picked up, at what, what rates, do we need to change some restrictions? 
But if you're uh, a hotel that uh, especially has a short-term booking window, let's say you're in a in a city uh, location where the pickup is, you know, within seven days, you might even want to look at your pickup twice a day. You might want to look at it in the morning, uh, look at it uh, before you go. Um, but the the key part here is just having consistency so you do not have gaps in the data mm. okay great and then the second one i i wanted to ask you out of that uh, was you said that we we tend to overcomplicate the process and referring to the to the we are, are you saying the industry at large or as a whole tends to overcomplicate it or are you suggesting that that lowe's uh, your your company yeah, overcomplicates I, it i think we um I'm I'm a, a you know big believer that um, that to be uh, to make things uh, simple yet concise. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I mentioned, um, we forecast many many data points. And to kind of answer one of your first question, is we do um, you know a, a very big. Uh, 12 month rolling forecast every month. Mm. Um, and then we do kind of a, a 14 day operational forecast, right? Um, and we do that uh, several times a week because the operation, that's where we forecast arrivals okay. and departures and things like that. Um, but, you know, in my mind, if, uh, you know, uh, if all you need to know is the number of rooms that are going to be occupied in your hotel, because uh, it's driving a labor forecast, right? The, the housekeeper doesn't really, uh, it doesn't matter to them whether it's a transient or group customer or OTA customer, they have to clean the room nonetheless. But on the finance side, someone's probably interested in whether um, that room is coming uh, is a volume corporate rate or is it a group customer? Because there's normally other revenues that are that are kind of attached. So, um, you know, I, I would answer to say we probably make things complicated, but um, we, we actually had a very, very good uh, forecasting accuracy of 2% before the pandemic. Oh, wow. Um, which considering we're forecasting millions of dollars was actually very good. Uh, of course, the pandemic kind of uh, threw all that out the window, but we're getting better Indeed. again. Indeed. <laughs> yes. and, and, and just for, for those listening, um, could you give us an indication f- as for the number of hotels that this applies to? Yeah, so we have 27 hotels. We right. do uh, about uh, almost $1.5 billion in revenue annually. Okay, yeah, great. So. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, then that kind of makes sense. I think in terms of the, the, I mean, you say it's perhaps overcomplicating, but I I tend to feel that it's in many ways a necessary complication. One could say. Um, Agreed. Vikram, could I get your thoughts on everything you just heard, and and if you'd like to add anything further to that? Well, I'm a huge fan of Excel, and uh, I think Excel is holding up the global financial system as we speak. (laughs) So. So I, you know, the, the kids make fun of me who are using uh, software or sheets. I still stand by Excel. So, uh, you know, Monica really bought a really clear perspective here on how, you know, for a, for a larger organization, several data points, much more complicated process. But at the end of the day, the first step is starting it and, you know, taking that first step on a spreadsheet, take the data, put it on a spreadsheet, see what jumps at you. So, I think, you know, uh, she outlined it uh, from a perspective of, you know, running several hotels. So if you're just doing one, you just pare that down to something basic. And uh, again, I, I cannot insist more that the, the most difficult thing with forecasting is getting in the habit of doing it. And once you get in the habit of doing it, you could set your frequency based on, you know, how you're doing. And, you know, I'm, I'm still... I'm still in my uh, my consulting days, so yes, you know there are 15 room properties that really don't have to do a daily forecast, but they could look at it every week or once every two weeks. So the frequency is uh, to how well you're collecting your data and how much time you have. But as long as you you know get in the habit of doing it, that is the most difficult step. I think you know we're trying to target smaller properties, uh, and in, from their perspective, the first step is 
a lot of them have never done it. So first step would be no matter how big or small you are, take a spreadsheet, start putting the data down mm. and get in the habit of forecasting. Mm. Yeah, I like I liked the way you described that, to, to get into the habit of it. When you say to get into the habit of it, is this something as well, is this a skill that's something uh, that people can improve on the more they do it? So, you know, for example, if you're a tennis player, if you want to be a professional tennis player, people say you have to hit 10,000 balls uh, before you can consider yourself someone that can basically hit a tennis ball properly is is now i'm not suggesting you spend ten thousand hours forecasting demand but is it something is it a skill that if you were to apply uh, habitually um, consistently that it's something you can improve on or is it fairly rudimentary in that sense it's definitely something you'll get better at uh as you as you go so you know if, if it applies to tennis balls it 100 percent applies to forecasting as well uh, you can get fairly accurate with it. You can get really good at forecasting and then it becomes something you look forward to. So initially, like all hard things and, and good things, initially they're hard. You're, you know, you're missing your target or you completely, you know, overlook, for example, an event in your city. And in the beginning you will run into these bumps, but yeah, as you get better at it, uh, not only you'll get better, uh, you're, you're also setting a higher goal for yourself. You want to increase, you increase your, your accuracy so then it becomes more exciting actually over time because now you now you you're kind of predicting the future here so yeah. if you if you get good at it it's very addicting and you you really want to keep doing that yeah uh, so uh, the time you spend on it, like anything else, you will get better uh, yeah. you will get better at it yeah of so so it does count Chris. First of all, your thoughts on what you've just heard from both Monica and Vikram, but then I'd also like you to perhaps also elaborate further on the tools. Vikram emphasized the, the importance of Excel, but are there any other tools as well that can be applied in the process? Yeah, so to, to build off of the, the recent comments, um, it makes me think of you know when I was a, a revenue manager and, and I definitely was guilty of overcomplicating things. And uh, I really think it can be easy to do that, especially in the beginning. Um, and again, one of the reasons is, is there's a lot of data out there and you think that you can make sense of it all and it's easy to, uh, to, to get stuck there. Um, but I just think, you know, uh, like was said, identifying the right sources of data, whether it's pickup, pace, um, segmentation, keeping it basic, spotting those opportunity gaps, and then layering in new data um, if it makes sense, right? And I, I think you'll have those opportunities if you can have an efficient approach to, to look at the new data um, and really understand if it is something to layer in. Um, and I think when it, when it comes to some of the things like market level data and things like that, um, maybe you need to look at that uh, less frequently than every day, but I think it really depends on the dynamics of your market and you know, how volatile things are and, um, and, and how traveler uh, behavior is um, as well. And, and when I think of my role now, it's, uh, what's really cool is, is I have the ability to chat with a lot of partners about their approach and, um, uh, here are ways that, you know, um, people across the industry are, are trying to simplify the data um, and make it as, as, as actionable as possible. All right, let's move across now to the three main types of demand forecasting, and that, that being operational revenue and uh, budget. Monica, could you perhaps just, in your opinion or in your, in your words, describe the difference between these and the importance that they each play in the process, the role that they each play during the process? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think on on the uh, on the operational um, forecasting side, right? Um, you're you're going to end up using uh, both qualitative and quantitative data uh, to make sure that you're delivering the most accurate. Um, you know, operation forecast that there is. And um, as, as was mentioned uh, by Chris too, um, an operational forecast, they, for the most part, just really need to know key data about, you know, how many rooms are occupied? What are my arrivals? What are my departures? Um, because that's really what's driving a lot of the, the labor modeling, especially if, if uh, there are you know, hotels that uh, have some restricted labor models. This is really critical because if we under forecast uh, for operations, we end up 
probably paying people overtime or potentially um, having dissatisfied guests because they're not able to get their room cleaned or maybe they're waiting too long in the restaurant because we didn't properly anticipate how many people would, uh, would be really impacting operations. Um, I think on the revenue side, um, you know, the quantitative data is a little bit, um, a little bit more important. Um, just going quickly back to the operations, probably the types of guests that, that are in the hotel will also, that's more um, qualitative data. Is it a, you know, wedding group that's in the hotel? So they're likely to use the bar more. So any kind of information um, we can pass on to operations about what type of guests is really critical. Um, on the revenue side, back to that, um, it's a little bit more, uh, I think it's almost all more quantitative driven because it is truly just um, how much money am I uh, going to make next Tuesday? <laughs> so um, I think there's there's kind of less of a descriptive nature there, um, but uh, still critically important again for managing costs um, for managing cash flow for for your hotel. Um, there's uh, things that we buy in advance that we have to pay for that we have to make sure that. Uh, that we have um, the revenue income coming in. And then I think on, on the budget side, uh, that's also tied very much to, uh, to the cost side of the equation, right? We need to ensure we're predicting what future revenue um, we are going to have, you know, in September, because we may have um, a certain cost that's only happening in a, uh, in, in September that we need to make sure, is it the right time to, uh, to record this cost and make sure we have the revenue to support it. Um, so one thing I think that, uh, that in our company, um, we, you know, we do the budget uh, once a year, uh, we're already working on it now. And the budget is kind of a point in time, right? Um, and we do the budget once, thank God for that. But we tend to look at um, the forecast, yes, compared to the budget. But in the end, um, what we focus on is forecasting demand appropriately so that we can yield revenue to the maximum. Right. So I'll give you an example as far as the budget and the forecast. So if I've budgeted um, a year ago, an average rate of two hundred dollars for next Tuesday. Um, however, um, I'm seeing through my demand monitoring that I put a two hundred fifty dollar rate out there and it's picking up and people are buying it it's almost kind of irrelevant what the budget was, right? Because the budget should not be driving my pricing or inventory managing strategies. It's the demand forecast that's driving my strategy, mm. right? So this is where I think, um, you know, some people uh, that are not in revenue management kind of think, oh, well, you know, you're either you know, you're not making the budget or you're way over budget. So why are you taking on these strategies? It's like, in the end, the budget's kind of just a data point. What really matters to revenue managers is forecasting demand so we can take advantage of it and make the most money possible. Yeah. And I would imagine as well that, um, as you said, just said, you, you're going through the budget process. Now, I assume that's for next year, correct? Yes. Yes, so, correct. So. Uh, yeah. So, it, it, I mean, some might think, wow, you're already starting in July, but that I would tend to think that that makes total sense. But the reason why I'm bringing it up is because um, I would assume the budget's perhaps maybe even harder to try to determine, especially now given the volatility of the market pre-COVID. Um, yes. Would you like to touch on that a little bit as well, if you could? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, the last three years, and I'm sure next year as well, um, you know, we kind of have to make sure we keep adapting to, you know, changing environments, micro environments, macro environments. 
So, um, you know, this is also why it's so critical, uh, as Vikram said as well, to make sure you're just consistently collecting and looking at a bunch of data because things change uh, rapidly. I think pre-COVID, there was a lot more predictable seasonality to a lot of our hotels, to a lot of our markets. Mm. Um, I think that predictability has declined. Um, however, I think that more people are, are on their toes, so to speak, and mm -hmm. much more aware of how things are changing. So, you know, I'll give you an example. Uh, kind of a real life example, at least in, in the US, um, you know, post kind of the Omicron surge in January where most people weren't traveling, um, there was kind of all this pent up demand into, you know, kind of end of February, March, April, May, June, like very strong demand in the US for mostly for leisure travel and for group travel. But that's starting to change again, right? As we get into the summer and there's a lot of noise around many things. Um, so if, you know, if, if you're not monitoring the changes in demand as you kind of went through this, this sort of big surge, you may just think, oh, it's just going to continue all year long. But if you're looking at your data, you might see something different, right? You might see things slowing down. Alternately, let's say you're in a city environment and you haven't had a lot of business travel for the first half of the year, but if you're monitoring your demand, you may start to see that, hey, business travelers are slowly coming back because I see them making reservations for September and October or whenever. So these things are all going to help you really to excel at all three types of uh, forecasts, right? to get a better operations forecast for your teams, mm. to make more money on the revenue forecast, and hopefully to um, overachieve uh, on your budget. Vikram, I'd like your, your thoughts on everything you just heard, but I'd also like to ask you on top of uh, what uh, Monica just mentioned about the volatility of the market and budgeting to that. Uh, do you feel that this perhaps maybe will change the uh, importance of a budget's role in a hotel? Uh, given that it's almost very well, it's becoming harder and harder to to really kind of predict the future. Yes. So uh, you know the those are solid points. Uh, I'm just going to pare them down for a uh, for a smaller property how how they can look at it. Uh, and you know again we're we're basically discussing the the three areas that you need to monitor when you're doing demand forecasting. And, you know, one of the main points here is, uh, you know, revenue managers getting assigned, uh, you know, not just the crystal ball for revenue, but everything else. I think that's a little bit much to ask. And that's something that we're seeing more and more in the industry where they're expected to hit operations, revenue and budget forecasts, all of them, uh, even though the main thing for them is demand forecasting and making sure the hotel makes money. So that was, uh, that's very uh, relevant right now. And on, on what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing from colleagues is they're expected to do everything <laughs> and it's not easy, but no. from a, you know, for a smaller property, uh, operation forecasting is more about making sure having people be there when, uh, when demand hits, hits their property. And all of that kind of ties into their reviews, ties into, uh, are people actually going to have a good experience because that will impact your rates and profitability. So uh, from an operational forecasting point, you know, once they're done, just, uh, you know, with, with demand, hardcore demand forecasting, seeing what's happening in the market operationally, then they need to make sure that, you know, in, in very simple words, people are there to meet their guests when they arrive at the property and take care of them and give them the product or experience you promised them on your website. So that should be the, the, the goal of the operational forecasting, getting people into the property to work. And then, you know, again, looking at uh, strictly budget, uh, that is very volatile. It's, it's very, it's getting very difficult to predict things, especially with uh, 
with how demand patterns are, uh, I think a smaller property should really make budget forecasting about their cash flow uh, because for them, you know, there are no big banks to bail them out. They they need to know that you know we need to have enough money, cash on hand to run and and pay the pay the bills and and pay the vendors. So they need to pare it down and really focus on the budget from that perspective. That uh, are you going to say solvent if you get really busy, or does this mean you need to borrow money or uh, or you don't? So I would you know really simplify their budget forecasting to sticking with. Uh, staying solvent more than anything else, uh, more than accuracy, just making sure there's money always to pay bills. Uh, one of the big changes that we're all seeing is uh, 2021 has been just a wild ride based on your location, your country, the COVID rules at that time in your county. Everybody had a different experience. So a lot of records have been set for a lot of properties. And, you know, 2022, 23 is kind of uh, uh, coming back to normal. <laughs> and people are, you know, I, one of the things I, I, I highly recommend not doing is doing year over year analysis that used to be fairly easy to predict and patterns were there. So you could easily say, you know, January was like this. So January is going to be like that. But last year, so many properties just set different records at different time of year. Mm. It's the year over year simple analysis is not going to work out, which is why, you know, you you need to keep it as simple as possible with as few data points as possible for for a small property. But you know, COVID is going has made things unpredictable uh, right away, taking away all the data from 2021 uh, because it was so wild up and down based on the months and location that you can't use that as a basis. So if you're starting today, you have to go a little bit further back and dig in some data and, and be more flexible, but you cannot base your entire strategy based on how good 20 or bad 2021 was. And Chris, uh, during the video, you gave um, some very good information in relation to these uh, main types of forecasting. Based on what you've heard from Monica and Vikram, uh, I assume you're in, in, in agreement, but would you like to add anything else to that and uh, give us your thoughts and also perhaps what you're hearing from, from your hotel partners? Absolutely. And I, I think touching back on you know, the, the importance of, of budgeting, but really um, as you get into the year, right, monitoring demand and, and really making your decisions based on that is uh, – is so important. And I, I don't think we need more evidence than the last couple of years to, to realize that, right? Um, things have changed so much uh, as demand returns. It's, it's still changing, right? Um, travelers are booking in different ways. Um, they value things differently, right? Price might not be the most important. Um, maybe they're, the booking window is shortened in some areas. And maybe now it's, it's lengthening in, in, in other areas. I think there's a lot still that's changing with uh, how travelers behave. And I think because of that, it's really important just to stay on top of, of current demand as, as much as possible um, to give yourself the, the, best, um, uh, the best shot there to make accurate predictions. And I think on that note, um, th that's also one of the reasons that, that we've seen the historical data um, be a little less relevant or, or the year-over-year -year data, as Vikram just mentioned. Um, and, and we're seeing, uh, you know, hotels lean more into recent history, right? Like what happened last month versus what happened last year, um, as well as the, the current on the books data um, about their property and then what they can gain about the, the competitive set in the market about, you know, um, how that on the books is as well. Because I think if you know that, you can access some of that data about how the competitive set or the market is uh, performing based on their on the book. It's a nice um, it's a nice way to to see how you stack up, right? Are you ahead uh, of of the market? Are you behind the market? And if so, what do you need to do differently? Um, you know, to to hit your goals and and to catch up. Um, and I think you know another thing that that's really important there that that hotels can lean on now is is some things like search demand, right? Understanding. Um, traveler uh, search intent because it is changing and, and it will continue to change and trying to find those, those peaks and valleys um, and using that type of data to, to inform your decisions, I think is, uh, is absolutely critical. 
It's, it's, it's good that you brought up the behaviour of the traveller, how that's changed. I know Expedia earlier this year did a survey around um, travel trends and um, I'm wondering, did, did that go into the behaviour patterns of the traveller as well? And if it did, what were some of the key elements from that that perhaps raised an eyebrow uh, with yourself or with your colleagues? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, we've, we've done a lot of research there and, and we have a, a lot of data globally that we can tap into, thankfully. Um, I think if I were to, to summarize some of those findings, um, as we looked at this year, right, um, travel demand, um, and I guess this, this goes along to what Vikram was saying, is it, it's reached new heights in a lot of areas, right? Like people are willing to pay a lot of money. There's a lot of demand out there, even, even though there's some constraints in, in terms of staffing um, and logistics and things like that. Uh, people want to travel. Um, they're also traveling for different reasons, right? So maybe like personal wellness is a reason that, that more people are traveling um, versus some of the reasons they did in the past. And I think there's also a appetite for, for new experiences, right? Um, seeing new places and maybe that's domestic, maybe that's international. Um, but there's, you know, uh, such a, a sense of interest in, in getting out there and seeing something new rather than just the walls inside your house that, that may have become so common. Um, we've also seen some trends with, with, uh, business travel, right. And, and how that is, uh, I guess more slowly recovering, um, and what that might look like, um, in the future as there's a, a blend of, you know, what we call leisure, um, extending those business trips, um, into leisure trips as well, um, with the ability to, uh, to work remotely, I think it ties into that. And then maybe lastly is just expectations, um, uh, Travelers have high expectations. Um, they're they're looking for for really good experiences, um, you know. And I think again, as as I mentioned, um, some of their priorities are different, right? So maybe in the past, uh, price was the most important thing, and to some people it still is. Uh, but now there's things, you know, like you know, what is the the satisfaction scores of the property, um, or you know, do I have the ability to book a, a flexible rate plan? Things like that are, are, are really, um, you know, uh, battling, I guess you could say, with, with price now in terms of what's most important when, when people are making that, uh, that booking decision. Also, for those listening, we will make sure that the, uh, the links uh, for access to those surveys will be in the description for the podcast. So if you're interested, you can um, access the surveys through those links. Okay, so moving forward, I'd like to perhaps, we are um, getting close to our time, but I still have two main areas that I'd like to cover with you. And the next one being is essentially collecting, recording and applying the data to the entire process. Now, Chris, you've mentioned the data earlier on and the types of data that uh, it can be applied is anything from historical to on the books um, and even to forward-looking data. And perhaps maybe forward-looking data is something that may be even leveraged more and more in, in, in a modern environment. Monica, could I perhaps start with you and um, get you to start on, on, from your perspective, you know, the way that, that hotels can best collect data, record it, and then how they would best apply that to the process, you know, from beginning to end, because I'm sure, I'm sure it's something that needs to be referenced uh, at various times. And it's not just something that's kind of thrown in the mix and then forgotten. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I think collecting the data, um, as we mentioned, uh, depending on your hotel type, but let's say you're collecting it on a, on a daily basis, once a day, um, I think setting up again, I'm a fan of Excel myself, um, just setting up a place where you can consistently, um, input or, uh, or import, um, data, especially I think from your PMS, right. Which is going to tell you, Hey, how many rooms, um, did I pick up yesterday? Did I have any cancellations? What types of what types of rooms were those? And that's going to give you an indication of what the, how the demand is changing, right? Are you picking up rooms? Are you not picking up rooms? Are you canceling more rooms? And um, that of course, eventually is gonna make up what rooms you have on the books and allow you to um, have an idea or forecast 
how many rooms you're going to have occupied um, and what kind of revenue um, those rooms are going to generate. Uh, so uh, again, I, I certainly appreciate uh, Vikram's um, kind of uh, way of making it uh, very simple um, and, ex and accessible. I don't really think it needs to be any more uh, complicated than that. Vikram, could you uh, add anything to that in terms of the data component? As far as the data is concerned, you uh, you cannot really question the quality. You have to do the best with data that's given to you. So, you know, with with that in mind, I I think keeping it extremely simple, especially for uh, people who are just starting out, uh, I think is 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 key here. And then you know, not falling in the in the comparison, the the traditional you know year over year comparison, uh, uh, seasonal comparisons, uh, very interesting time for people who are just going to start doing this now. Is right away they will realize that oh year over year really does not make sense anymore because of the the pandemic. So I, I think less and simple uh, is more. I think consistently doing, getting in a habit of doing this is even more important than any kind of accurate data you could have gotten. So if I had to choose between doing forecasting or getting in the habit of doing this consistently, or the other gift is a hundred percent accuracy of data, I would pick consistency over at data accuracy at this point, because uh, data is very, very fluid right now because of market conditions. So that that's my, my, my big, uh, big message here. That's interesting. So yeah. Um, consistency over accuracy. Chris, from your perspective, what are your thoughts around the data? Because obviously with Expedia and the amounts of, of data that you guys can collect, I'm sure that that's something that you consider a, a very important piece. What are your thoughts on what you've just heard? And is there anything that you'd also like to add to that? Yeah, I think maybe what I can add here is, um, you know, the forward-looking predictive data element, something that that I think about a lot and, and my team does as well. And um you know, this could look like uh, market occupancy forecasts or a, you know, a forecast about the, the current level of occupancy um, at a market level, or at a sub-market level, or even, even um, you know, higher at like country or regional level as well. Um, and I think, you know, um, what's, what's pretty cool about these, these types of predictive insights um, is they're built off a lot of, they're built off of a lot of unique data. Um, so they use machine learning and algorithms because there's, there's so much data being pushed into that system. And uh, it, it's, it's really hard for someone to make sense of it without having those, uh, those machine models. So, um, but, but what's nice and I think what's helpful for, for any type of property is, you know, all those things that we just talked about, um, the key elements to monitoring demand and, and forecasting demand and, and keeping it simple. Um, I think there's there's some predictive data that's out there um, that can get you to think outside of just your hotel level, right? Um, and it doesn't need to be complicated because you don't have to make too much sense of the data. Um, you can hopefully let some of that technology do the work for you, um, you know, and offer some recommendations, you know, based on that, right? Like recommendations on what actions you could take um, based on those predictions. So I think you know, um, there's opportunity there um, to layer that on to the processes that you're already doing and, you know, maybe those Excel forecasts that you've already built um, as something that you can just kind of, you know, lean into or, you know, look at, um, get a second opinion, right? Because I, I don't think um, it doesn't hurt um, to have uh, a little bit, you know, more layers of data there um, that you can at least kind of cross-reference to and, um, and maybe spot some new opportunities based on that as well. And then finally, before we wrap everything up, I'd like to also just perhaps ask you now, we've touched a little bit on this, but you know, what learnings have come from the last two years that uh, hotels could leverage and, and, and take on board when it comes to forecasting and adjusting for, for the pandemic? What is it that hotels can take from the last two years and apply to the future of their business um, so that they're perhaps uh, more agile and more able to be uh, in a position to adjust and adapt as the market is as volatile as it is. Monica, perhaps we can start with you. Sure. Um, I think agile is a great word. Um, I think agile 
realizing and accepting the fact that things are unpredictable and there's a lot of things beyond our control that can impact uh, our business. I know uh, vaccines and border restrictions <laughs> were mentioned earlier. Um, so those are things that are definitely beyond our control. Um, I would say also, um, besides uh, looking at recent trends, just talk to your teams, right? Talk to your sales teams, talk to your reservations teams, your front office teams, because they're also hearing a lot of qualitative information um, and experiencing some of it that you just may not be aware of in the data, right? But um, but this is really critical information um, that again, um, you know, maybe there's uh, there's a there's been flights that have been um, reduced in your market because of labor uh, issues. That's probably going to have an impact on your demand, right? Alternately. Maybe there's something uh, new in town that's going to drive uh, more people to your destination that don't rely on um, on airlift. So I think the more you can kind of keep your your eyes and ears open um, to a lot of information that can really supplement or supplement or uh, really support uh, the data that you're seeing and that you're collecting. Vikram, can I get you to comment on that as well, please? I would stand by, uh, you know, not looking for perfection in, in, in your data. It's, it's going to be really difficult because, you know, one of the things that, that I'm seeing already right at the heels of the pandemic, uh, we have uh, the, the recession word being thrown around consistently in the news mm. and all of that's going to have an impact. So I, I think... Uh, if you are looking for 100% data accuracy uh, or 100% accuracy in anything at this point, you are setting yourself for a little bit of a disappointment. So I would, again, uh, be really flexible, uh, get in the habit of just getting the data, noting it down, and then making some decisions off of that. And then when you get new information, make adjustments. So I think flexibility and consistency is going to be key, way way uh, way more important than being 100% accurate and telling everybody that you know that you were accurate. So uh, again, uh, consistency over accuracy is mm-hmm. is the way to look at it. Chris, finally, from your perspective, uh, what are your thoughts about what we've just uh, covered in relation to learnings from the pandemic and how, in your opinion, can hotels best uh, stay agile through the process? I think the agility, adaptability, um, it's, it's, you know, uh, we can't say it enough, right? And I think it's important to continue with that mindset and, and to continue to be flexible with your approach. Um, don't be, you know, concerned with using your demand forecasts to test out new approaches, right? New pricing strategies, value offers, marketing campaigns. See what works, what doesn't, uh, adjust accordingly. Um, you know, as was talked about earlier, traveler behavior is different. Uh, it's going to probably continue to evolve. Um, so you need to you know, keep that mindset as well um, and, you know, be adaptable with your strategy um, and be, be dynamic based on, you know, what the, what's happening right now. Um, I also think, you know, um, you know, keep an open mind to new data sets, see what makes sense for you, see what's relevant um, for your property and your market. Um, Explore new technology. Some of it's free. A lot of it, at least you can demo for free um, if you have the time and the resources to kind of look into some things as well. Um, and then, you know, as Monica mentioned there, you know, um, just speaking with your team, um, I think also speaking with your industry partners, uh, that could even be the, the revenue director across the street from you, right? Um, share some stories, your knowledge, um, you know, see if you can, uh, you know, uncover some, some trends and things like that, um, that are, that are just, you know, from, from simple conversations and, and things of that nature. I think all of that together, it's, you know, um, just continuing to, uh, to be flexible and adaptable is, is really so key. 
Yeah, indeed. Okay, so look, if I was to wrap this up into a, a simple statement in terms of the way revenue management and specifically forecasting demand and, and monitoring demand is done these days is it it is adapting and changing to fit our environment and the way the world is adjusting in terms of what it's throwing at businesses. And by that, I mean... Yes, we've had a pandemic, but we could also have, as Vikram mentioned earlier, a financial crisis or a recession come. We could have a potential war escalated further than what we're seeing already happening in Eastern Europe. So there are other factors that are going to play into a hotel's forecasting and revenue management uh, disciplines. So is it fair to say the way we go about the process of managing revenue, demand and forecasting these things that it's, it's changed, that we shouldn't be thinking about it in the same way we did pre, uh, say, 2019? Is it something that's adjusted and, and that we, we need to uh, move forward in, uh, with, with a different mindset and, and approach it in a different way? Monica? Yeah, I think things have definitely changed. And um, even just from the you know, as we mentioned, kind of the unpredictability uh, of the demand, um, as well as the kind of what all those things you just mentioned, Andre, which are these external forces that kind of ebb and flow as far as uh, the impact and that are completely outside of our control. So yeah, I think um, I think we have changed the way um, we look at things. I think back to, you know, looking at uh, recent data versus a lot of past data, that's critical. Um, I also uh, think that, you know, you have to remember that your actions as a revenue manager also change the forecast, right? Mm. So um, that's something we didn't really touch upon. But if you're restricting or charging a certain price, that's also going to have an impact on, on your conversion. So keep those things in mind um, as well and probably don't take anything for granted. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably very good advice. <laughs> All right, uh, Vikram, what are your thoughts? You know, I, I think we, uh, we definitely, you know, have reached uh, a point uh, between the pandemic and the news on the horizon. Again, I, I think uh, we really need to embrace the uh the volatility of the market mm. so mm. at you know at, at, at this point i think that counting on uh seasonality and data the way we've done for all this time has got to change because you know 2021 really set recovery records and completely caught everybody off guard i mm. think even uh, even people collecting data for since the eighties were shocked with how quickly things came back and how inconsistently things came back for different regions. So, uh, you know, I would really, uh, you know, travel, uh, we're really lucky to be in the travel business because travel is part of wellness. Now the, the approach of travel, how people are doing it is changing. So we, we definitely will see demand, but there are way, there are too many global factors right now that are, impacting it so we we just need to stay extremely flexible and consistent with making our uh making our updates and changes yeah yeah and finally chris what are your thoughts it's i mean uh, um, you probably most likely agree that the way things were done in the past are are not the way they should be done in the future yes i do um you know i think there's been so much volatility uh travelers have changed we can't expect uh you know to uh that things will stay the same so I think, you know, again, you know, the adaptability being dynamic, it's, uh, it's, it's, everything's different now. And, mm. um, and we need to, we need to continue with that mindset, right. And at least until, um, there is, you know, maybe some, uh, some more predictable things, but I think, um, even if that's the case, right. Uh, we can't just lean, you know, on, on what happened in the past will happen again. And, and I think we need to, uh, continue to, to build off that, that approach. And I think for revenue management, um, that's great, right? Because mm. I think it, you know, continues to show the importance of what revenue management um, can do for a property and, and the, the various ways of the, the value that it brings. Okay, well, listen, I think we, we have gone over time, but I, I think it was worth it because the conversation was, uh, I think, very, very strong. And I wanted to just uh, make sure that we got 
all of your your thoughts out there into the discussion. So thank you all very much. And and to the listener, thank you for tuning in and for listening. And if you haven't already, please make sure that you do also read the article from Vikram in support of this topic. I'm sure you'll find it also very uh, helpful and supportive. And we've also done another video with both uh, Monica and Chris also in that video. And of course, we have a uh, infographic supporting the topic as well. So please make sure you check all of that out. And if you haven't already, please make sure you check out the first release of content in relation to the revenue management principles uh, project that we're working on, because I'm sure that will also uh, help you with managing revenue for your hotels. So Monica, Vikram and Chris, thank you all very much. Each of you, uh, you, I think, have made some excellent points in this conversation and I, I greatly appreciate you taking the time to be here and for contributing to the conversation thank you thank you guys all right so on that note everybody we'll say goodbye and uh, keep an eye out for the third release of content in this topic which will be around october of this year so until then it is uh bye for now